from Quoted Studios, this is Blank on Blank, distributed by the Public Radio Exchange, PRX.org. I'm David Gerlach. You know what the format is with this interview? It's not Q&A. Is it? it is. Oh, shit. Alicia? What do you got against Q&A? Can you make some more coffee? Oh, no, I had to do one the other day, and I was a little sloppy for it. I saw this guy going, just the, realizing he would have to make me sound for him. <laughs> Mr. Bill Murray relaxing in his backyard during an interview he did with T.J. English back in October 1988. This was around the time the movie uh, Scrooge came out. T.J., who's written a number of brilliant books on organized crime and various kingpins of the underworld, he was doing a profile for Irish America magazine. So for this assignment, he headed out to New Jersey to Bill's house to spend the day with him. Bill's dog was there, too. Enjoy the tape. How'd you get that away from me? Get out of here. That's my mopping my brow material. What the hell? You! These are Italian trousers! Here. On every movie, everybody makes an asshole of himself at least once. At least once. Everybody. The hairdresser, the director, everybody. And the deal is, everybody's going to do it. When it happens, you don't make anything about it. I act like a jerk sometimes, and that's sort of what the product is. You know, you get these people who act like, you know, what the hell? You know. When you act obnoxious towards people, like on a movie set, they say, oh, we're ready for you. I say, oh, go to hell. I'm, my feet hurt and my head aches. And, you know, you want to have a margarita for lunch, you know? And people, you know, like these little ADs and production assistants, is like, well, he's drinking again. You're like, drinking again? Go to hell. All I ever did was make some movies that made a lot of money. Now, leave me alone. I want to have some fun, you know? You know, on Ghostbusters, they had somebody hot following us, following us. You'd walk down the street, you turn around and somebody would duck into a doorway. You know, just to control us, to make sure we didn't do anything too weird. You know, it's like, what the hell? I didn't get in this position by being like a stiff sitting on the set in a folding chair. You know, I did it by walking around on the streets and stirring things up. I realize it's impossible to have any sympathy, I mean, true sympathy for people that are famous. People usually go through a bad period when they first get mm. successful. You're new when you're hot, mm. things go wrong. So you're not really used to all the attention. People treat you differently. And, and what happens is you start taking that seriously, and then you start becoming an ass, and then they treat you like an ass. And then Was there a period like that for you, where you, uh, things were a little out of control? Right now. My favorite things used to be what, in traffic in New York, and there's a Cadillac honking or something, and the Mercedes honking. I used to do this all the time before I was famous. I used to jump into the middle of the street and say, "Excuse me, there's a Mercedes that's got to get through here," you know, and I would push people out of the way and get out of the way, you know, let him through, you know, smacking their cars and stuff, just like whack, you know, you just jump into it, you know, and you can't do it because now you do it and you go, "Hey, Lord, hey, meatballs!" The whole thing is lost. The point you were trying to make or whatever fun you were trying to have is sort of undercut. The money thing is, you know, the sort of Elvis Presley thing of buying your mother a car is great. My mother has learned how to spend money. I mean, she used to call and say, you know, we really need a boiler. You know, and I just, just for the hell of it, I would say, well, why don't you shop around and see which one, you know, don't blow a lot of money. I mean, just get a bargain. You know, I got a boiler in the house to keep the house in the winter in Chicago. So finally I bought her an American Express card. And the, the numbers she puts up are geometric. Every year, 
I mean, the first year, I think she bought a tow when her car broke down. The second year, she uh, went to dinner on her birthday or something. The third year, she rented a condo in Florida for the winter <laughs> and took her, you know, a couple of cousins and friends down. So, and she's figured it wow. out. I mean, you know, she had nine kids. Technically, she could commit murder and get away with it. So whatever number she runs up on me is, you know, not even a misdemeanor. I know it could have been anybody. It's just a weird, lucky thing, really. It could have been any actor. There are a lot of actors who are more talented than me at Second City who quit it before they even got to a paying status. You know? Well, in life. Weird luck. I had no other option. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, people, I've had enough successes. I can stand a few failures. That's the thing about Second City. You learn the difference between a cheap joke and a good joke. And you learn how to die. So when you improvise every night, you really learn how to die. You know, I'm still just like a punk kid, really. You know, I'm just an obnoxious guy who can make it appear charming. That's uh, what they pay me to do. I'd sort of gone through some sort of spiritual change in the late 70s where I sort of saw there was some other life to live. It changed the way that I worked, just having a different presence and a different attention. That's the reason I'm not the one who's dead. Because the attraction of the uh, fast life is very powerful. Even today, I could go at any time. Something wild can happen to anybody. And I caution anybody that walks out on the street, settle your accounts before you leave the house every day. The only good thing about fame that I've gotten is I've gotten out a couple of speeding tickets. I've gotten into a restaurant when I didn't have a suit and tie on. That's really about it. And you can talk to girls more easily. They will talk to you. You don't necessarily do any better with them, but they will talk to you. It's almost like being in the, in the ladies' room sometimes because they feel comfortable with you and they will say a lot of things they wouldn't talk to anybody they would think of as a potential suitor. They think of you as like some freak. You may as well have a, an elephant on a rope, you know, for the way they deal with you. When we sketched out the storyboard for the animated version of this episode, we decided to have some fun and see how many characters from Bill Murray's movies we could sneak into scenes. Uh, head to blankonblank.org to see how many you can find. I want to thank TJ English for reaching out to us about this great interview. He also has a new book out that you should pick up. It's called Where the Bodies Were Buried, Whitey Bulger and the World That Made Him. It's awesome. As always, Blank on Blank is produced by me and the wizard Amy Drozdowska. And just a reminder, you should be following us on Facebook and Instagram. Miles Davis, Al Capone, and Steve McQueen, they've all made an appearance in recent weeks. The handle is Blank on Blank. We leave you with one more bonus cut from the interview. And just a reminder, we've got more interview outtakes from the tape on our website, blankonblank.org. All right, see you next time. We had more fun on Ghostbusters. We had a riot. And yet it was a brutal experience. I mean, it's so... Movie making is dangerous and dirty, filthy and hard. It is not glamorous. I mean, it's absurd. All the people see is the lifestyles of the rich and famous. They don't see a stuntman on fire, you know, with his, his friends and family watching him get set on fire. That is not funny to watch, you know. It's not funny. It is really disturbing. And when it's all over and the guy's alive, you're just 
you know, tears are just pouring off you. You can't can't control yourself because you've been working with this guy for ten weeks, and all of a sudden he's going to set himself on fire so you can get a laugh in this fucking movie. You know, it's insane. It's crazy. Oh, I mean, you just fall apart. For what? Sell popcorn and cokes. Thank you.